This podcast is sponsored by WorthPoint. Find out what your antiques are worth at worthpoint.com. Hello, everyone. This is Martin Willis, your host. We have a real exciting show for you today. If you've had the news on at all or opened any Internet news stories, then I'm sure you've seen the one about the Saddle Ridge Horde. It's a gold find that a couple found right on their property while walking their dog. $10 million. Unheard of. I am speaking today with Don Kagan. He's a principal of Kagan's, and he is handling the collection and a long-lost friend who works there. When I started this podcast back in 2009, I lived in a picturesque town just north of the Golden Gate Bridge called Tiburon, and that's where our guests are right here today. The first guest is Don Kagan, followed by Dave McCarthy. Enjoy the show. All right, I'm with Don Kagan, and Kagan's out in California, and we're here today to talk about the recent hoard of gold coins that was found. How you doing, Don? I'm doing great. So, Don, can you kind of, in a nutshell, explain uh, the story? And this is called um, a, a hoard now? Well, it's a Saddle Ridge hoard treasure. Mm-hmm. Hoard, as you know, in the, in the coin parlance is, is a group of coins. It was randomly acquired and buried by someone we think back in the nineteen or eighteen seventies, eighties, and early nineties. The dates of the coins range from eighteen forty seven to eighteen ninety four, but the predominance of the dates are late eighteen eighties and ni- early nineties. Uh huh. And right now, there's all kinds of speculation. Can you kind of go through what people are speculating? How this uh, was uh, buried. Well, as I said, well, the the um, the owners uh, did some research on uh, property ownership back in the late nineteenth uh, century, and and to the best of their determination, it was somebody perhaps in the mining industry that you know would get his bonus or 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 pay from time to time, and would take it in gold coins, which was of course the currency of the time, and and bury them in, in cans instead of putting them in the bank. Now, uh, according to the story that I first read, the couple was basically on their own property, and they saw a tin sticking up. Uh, I can't even believe what they must have been what must have been going through their head when they saw that first gold coin. Can you well, kind of ex- go ahead? They didn't actually see a gold coin. They were walking their dog, and they saw a glint in the in afar, the, and they went over to near uh, an oak tree, and I guess, and they they took a stick and they started to uncover what that might be, and it turned out to be a, a, a sealed can. They took it, uh, they uncovered it, took it to their house, and. The thinking, boy, it's awfully heavy. Must be paint inside. Mm. But when uh. they opened it, they saw their own, you know, pot of gold. Uh. They went, they went, they went back and with a, a metal detector and found seven more cans, a total over fourteen hundred and twenty coins. Oh my goodness! Are they sure that they got it all? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's ever sure, but yeah. they've scoured their their land pretty pretty well since then. It's been a year now. Yeah. Now uh, I don't know if this is a rumor or not, but. Um, Someone was saying that they already sold the collection outright. Is... No. Okay. That is we have made very clear that nothing is going to be sold until we launch it on Amazon.com, uh-huh. probably sometime in May. About ninety uh-huh. percent of it will be sold on Amazon, and the rest through Kagan's.com. 
I see. And so this this in particular could add up to now you heard the number ten million, but there are some single coins in there that are particularly uh, rare. There's a lot of coins that are rare. One of them, the 1866 S No Motto, is the finest known, and and uh, we're pricing that in the million dollar range. Wow, I, I know across the board in the antique business, fine arts, and all that, and I'm sure it's the same with coins. When it gets up to the very best, um, you know, the numbers just seem to soar and and hang in there. People want the best, and this is the best of the entire buried treasure here and the greatest buried treasure uh, that we know of ever. So so there's certainly the cachet of that as well as the fact that it is a quite a rare date and finest now. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Now, what are some of the... Rumors that have been, I know something like this causes a lot of stir. And people were, you know, coming up with ideas that it might have been stolen from the mint and all types of things like that. Are you hearing, like, constantly different uh, takes on how that hoard got up there? You know, we don't have, you know, that's kind of tapered off since we uh, totally debunked that uh, one theory of the bank heist and the U.S. mint came out with a statement saying they've, they thoroughly uh, researched this, and there's no connection between any bank heist on any of the mints and the Salaridge Lord Treasure. Uh huh. Um, I has there ever been any find like this in the past? I no, can't think of it. No, anything. this is you know you you hear about shipwreck treasures, and yes. I've been blessed to be involved in just about all the major ones. The SS Central America is about 130 million dollars. The SS Republic about half that. The, that's a brother Jonathan. I've been involved in all of those, and there's certainly a lot more value there, but nothing like this because this is buried treasure. You don't think about going into the water and finding shipwreck, you know, treasure, but you do think about, and many people actually have actually gone out in the property looking for buried treasure, and and in fact, I found one piece here, one piece there, but nothing approaching the size and immensity and the quality of this treasure. Just the uncirculated quality of it is that just, it must be just so exciting just to see these things laid out. You know, I've been in the business a long time. I think this is my 46th year as a professional. And, you know, I grew up in the business with my father being in it. So mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of things, but, um, th- this is, as, this is as good as it gets. It doesn't get much better for a coin dealer, coin enthusiast than, than being involved in, 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 the greatest buried treasure of all time. Right, right, and good for you. Now, when this actually goes up on Amazon, is it a bidding situation? No, it's not bidding. Everybody will have an equal opportunity to buy all the coins. They'll be priced Mm -hmm. when they come out. Uh, The cheapest is going to be $2,500, and... Uh, and there'll be a you know a couple hundred of those pieces, and then they'll they'll go up in value to a million dollars. Wow! Now, are they going to get any type of uh, the person that buys this? Is this going to be like a cased coin with the provenance yeah. and everything? Yes, there, we have a separate gold label provided by PCGS for each and every one of the coins. They'll get a a box and packaging, the booklet, the story. Uh, they'll even get a free. Membership, virtual membership for one year in the American Numismatic Association. They will get a a uh, guidebook to United States coin, compliments of Whitman Publishing Company. 
we will get um, the availability of uh, obviously of, of other material and and those people who who won't be able to get one because we feel uh, with all the publicity they'll be will be oversubscribed, but we don't want them to come back with a bad experience. So we're we're going to provide them uh, with at least a three month virtual membership in the American Numismatic Association and uh, a free booklet and uh, perhaps other things. So so they won't go away empty handed. We think, as my father said once long ago. Uh, you might not always be able to get the coin, but you can always get the story. <laughs> well, what what made you decide to use Amazon? I, I just have never. I, I just don't know how that works. And you know, we t- we do on the show. We do talk a lot about online services. And what makes that stand out to you as the tool to use for this? Two hundred million new uh, pairs of eyes that will have <laughs> the ability to to learn about. Uh, our wonderful hobby, uh, as well as this story. Ah, uh-huh. was an auction ever considered for this in any way? Uh, yeah, sure. We considered every means of of marketing and selling of the coins, but this is the one we think allows the most amount of people to be part of the story. Ah, uh, I see. And the total—I know the dollar, uh, the face value is like twenty-seven thousand or something like that. Yeah, almost twenty-eight thousand dollars. And uh, we haven't finished pricing the coins, but uh, it will be in excess of ten million dollars. Wow! And how many coins does that involve? Fourteen hundred and twenty-some coins. Oh my God! I can't even imagine. You know finding these things. I, I just can't imagine what would go through someone's mind when they were uncovering this. <laughs> well, actually, uh, we did. I, I interviewed the couple, uh-huh. and we have copies of the interview, and we asked them that question, and you can read about it. Why don't we hook that right to this podcast so anybody can read that that's listening sure. right now? What has happened to your life since this whole thing has come about? Well, it's, uh, I've had less time to uh, relax, <laughs> but, you know, you know this is, uh, I don't like to say chance of a lifetime for, for anything, but uh, this, this doesn't happen. Um, yeah. That has never happened before in my lifetime, um, and uh, I'm, I'm trying to share the experience um, of, of being blessed with being able to handle this um, with as many people as possible, and so far we understand there's almost you know, 200,000 websites that are carrying the story. So we think we've done our job. Uh, this will help our, our numismatic community expand the expand the roles of people who have an interest, perhaps in numismatics, expose them to this wonderful story, and uh, provide for the next generation of numismatists. You know, what I feel about this, and I talk about this all the time in the show, is that it, we always need something to get the young people's attention, and this is a, a perfect example of that. I agree. And Well, thanks so much. I really Surely. appreciate you uh, filling me in on what's going on. It's been a real pleasure speaking to you. Uh, thank you very much. So I'm with Dave McCarthy now at Kagan's. How are you doing, Dave? I'm very well. It's good to talk to you again. I can't believe it. And I, we knew each other. We know each other, which uh, I think you is... You know, it's, you, were, you were literally one of the first, I don't know, maybe five people I met when I moved to California. And, of course, we immediately hit it off because I did the coin thing, and you were you were at the time working 
uh, at, at an auction house that handled antiques. That's right. Yep. And, I, and, I, and I think that you even were involved in uh, cat sitting for me when I was traveling <laughs> to do coin shows. That's exactly right. I, so, I do um, remember that. I forgot all the, about the, that. The, the world is incredibly small. <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, it's so great to talk to you. And now um, we, uh, I just finished speaking with Don. And uh, you are the person that actually worked on this huge collection when it came in. Can you talk about that? Absolutely. Um, I had received a phone call from an attorney. And, you know, he introduced himself and said that someone had given him my name and he had some clients and they'd found some gold coins and wanted to know what they should do. And, I mean, you know, you understand that when you talk to people on the phone, you sort of try to qualify what it is that they've got because, you know, when you get a general statement like that, it can mean anything. Mm. Um, Absolutely. You know, I mean, we, we talked on the phone probably four or five times. And I'm desperately trying to figure out what the guy's got. And, you know, I mean, he seems like a really, really nice, straightforward guy. But at the same time, you know, I've, I've encountered attorneys where they, you know, they, they find a little old lady and they figure they'll, they'll soak her for as many billable hours as possible. And I, I, was, I was hoping that wasn't the case. But, you know, this guy seemed really nice and really straightforward. So finally I said, listen, why don't you, why don't you bring your clients in? We'll sit down and, and, and take a look at the stuff. So on a Monday morning, I met them, and they brought with them uh, it was a little box, uh, maybe like cigar box size, a little bigger. And, um, you know, two attorneys came in, and, and some members of the family came in, and they sat down, and we talked a little bit. And I said, well, you know, why don't you show me what you've got? And they pushed the box across the table to me, and I opened it up. And inside of it, there were 18 coins. I, I think it was 18 coins. And... They were each individually in, in little plastic baggies, and they were all covered in rust and dirt. <laughs> and, you know, of course, I looked at that and immediately had some sense of, uh, of the fact that these had, you know, been, been dug up. And I, I reached into the box, and the first coin I happened to pick up uh, was an 1890 uh, double eagle or a $20 gold piece. And um, it, was, it was covered in dirt like the rest, and I took it out of the very carefully took it out of the, the little baggie and there were areas of the surface that were exposed on it. And I could see that those areas, it looked as if it had just been struck that day. Oh. Um, and, and when I say that I'm not exaggerating, um, or at least I don't feel like I'm exaggerating. I felt like I, I was looking at a brand new coin underneath all of this dirt. <laughs> um, there wasn't a hairline on it, not a mark and just the luster blazing off of these surfaces when I, when I turned the, the coin in the light, it was like nothing I'd ever seen in my life. You know, you, you, you imagine buried treasure and you pretty much imagine that all the coins have been wrecked because that's what happens when you put something delicate like that into the ground. Mm. Now, did they and, pack these things in a certain way so it didn't happen? Well, I think that the person who packed them into the, the cans in the first place, you know, put them in in stacks and they didn't shift much. And then, mm-hmm. When the family found them, they did a very good job after after cleaning some coins at the very beginning because they were excited. Um, they they kind of reined themselves in and they very delicately took coins out one at a time and put them carefully into into these little plastic baggies and packed them tightly so that nothing nothing happened to them. Mm. And so you know so here I am I'm looking at these eighteen coins and I still don't know anything about you know quantities or, or anything like that but I have a <laughs> sense of what I'm looking at. 
And I looked across the table at the family, and I said, well, can I ask how many of these there are? <laughs> and they kind of looked at one another and whispered to the attorney and then looked back at me, and uh, someone said, well, there are they're about 1,400. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, you're, you're in the business, and yeah. you, you know what it's like. I mean, every once in a while, someone brings you something good. Yeah. Um, well, this is this is like that times a million. <laughs> this is, um, you know, this was a group I didn't imagine a group like this existed. You know, know, my sense of buried coins. You know, I mean, I'd seen coins that came out of the ground. Every once in a while, there would be some report, and I'd get one of the coins, and it would be covered in muck and rust, and someone would have taken, you know, a cloth to it, and it would look like someone scrubbed it up with Brillo. That was, right. that was, you know, and I mean, I've seen it maybe 10, 15 times. Yeah, yeah. This group, after the first few coins, they they controlled themselves, and they, they were as careful as I, I think archaeologists would have been. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it was just absolutely unbelievable. And when, you know, when I'd finally... Um, you know, spoken with them and, and, and cut a deal and, you know, convinced them that 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 marketing them as a as a treasure hoard would be probably the best thing that they could do. Um, you know, I got the coins and I started to conserve them and I mean it was as good or better than I'd imagined. Wow. I, I would get you know, I'd get a box of seventy coins and every last one of them would be uncirculated. That's and you know, I mean it's um, I don't know how many of your uh, how many of your listeners are really um, intimately familiar with coin grading, but you know some of these coins on the seventy point scale that we grade on the best coin around is you know uh, a sixty three or a sixty four, and there are coins that were better than that in in quantity, um, hmm. you know, or at least that good in quantity. So it was it was sort of like you know I would go into work every day for four months because you know you can only really work on so many coins at a time and there were 1400 of them and it was like every day was christmas <laughs> until until it got to the point where i was really jaded and when yeah. you know i'd pull a coin out and if it wasn't you know a stone gem with absolutely no defects i'd be like another piece of gear yeah now how Get are you going to deal with regular coins now <laughs> yeah. hey um so now how protective are the people of their anonymity Oh, very. And and I wouldn't let them be any other way. I mean, you know, this has been outside of Russia invading the Ukraine. This has been the big story this week. That's and, right. Yeah. Uh, which which is really unusual. I mean, in, in the world of collectibles, uh, antiques, coins, it, it's really unusual for a story to do anything other than, you know, appear as a blip on the radar and disappear. And of That's course, right. this one was... You know, a week after we announced it, I was still doing, you know, interviews with 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 major networks about you know, sub story. You know, there there were tangents and tangents to the tangents. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, I can only imagine. You know, my my phone. I'd, I'd you know be asleep at seven in the morning, and my phone would ring, and it would be a reporter. I can only imagine. You know what that would do to you know to their life. I mean, I'm. Oh, there'd be people closet. camped out in front of their house, you know. Oh, so. and, and breaking onto their property and, sure. and digging Looking it up. Looking for and, more, yeah. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm like a quasi-public figure. You know, I'm out there buying and selling and, and, and trying to do business. So, mm-hmm. you know, being 
being in the public eye for a little bit is probably not such a bad thing for me. But you know, these are, you know, these are intelligent, thoughtful, quiet, mild-mannered people who who really don't need that in their life. And you know, I'm really happy that you know we're we're a week out, and you know, uh, it, it seems as though their anonymity is intact, and that makes me really happy because. Um, you know, I, I've said this many times. If I could bestow um, something like this on someone instead of just being involved after the fact, if I could choose, you know, who to give it to, these, these people would be on my short list. Awesome, awesome. Um, you know, I mean, I just there's been some stuff printed about, you know, um, about them and and their personalities, and and people seem to have a sense of that from the interview that was published. But, you know, I mean, all of they, – they come across really nice while they're nicer in person. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, Dave, yeah. it's been so great to connect with you after all these years. Absolutely. It's, it's great hearing your voice. And, you know, I, I, where are you on the East Coast now? I'm in the state of Maine, and ah. I'm just uh, relocating to a mountaintop property that I just uh, just purchased, so I'm pretty excited about well, congratulations. that. Congratulations. It's really good to hear your voice, and I'm, I'm glad you're doing well. Thank you. All right, so this is Martin Willis with Dave McCarthy, and that's it for today. This podcast is sponsored by WorthPoint. Find out what your antiques are worth at worthpoint.com.